0: blog talk
1: radio hey and welcome to another episode of let's talk tv live i'm your host barbara barnett and I'm the executive editor of Blog Critics Magazine. We are Technorati Media's entertainment and opinion magazine, and I am joined tonight by the Scooby Gang.
2: Did I really say that? I
1: love it. By Jerome Wetzel TV, also known as Jimmy, and with uh, Christine Piccolo. Who is also known as Our Heart Radio, and um, they are both here to talk about whatever we decide to talk about tonight. <laughs> um, we usually go rambling off somewhere or another. Um, uh, it's this is actually a really great uh, yes, the Scooby Gang yes stuff or house. Well, it's also a house reference because um, you know the fellows on House were also the Scooby Gang. And- and say so um, Buffy reference. they always be Buffy. And Buffy reference, yeah. yeah. right. Nobody so, else is allowed
0: to call themselves.
1: A couple of, of um, by the way, if you're in the chat room or you're listening online, please uh, tell your friends to come on by because um, I'm going to be talking about Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, which, of course, premieres on Thursday night. And I have seen the entire first episode, not mm. just the 20-minute, Little, you know, teaser, but I've seen the entire episode. So if you want people to, and I'll be doing an article about it, probably Wednesday it'll go live. But if you want to get a little sneak preview, make sure that you bring your friends online or get them to listen in on the podcast, because I will be giving a few little teasers, not spoilers, but a few little teasers. The other big news is next Monday night. Make sure you tell My, all your friends we guys.
2: Need, we need next, a drum rolls, Barbara. <laughs>
1: da da da, 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 da. <laughs> Um next Monday night, um, I am having a very special guest, and that will be Ms. Jane Espinson, who has Yay. been on the show several times. She is a good friend of the show. And her episode, which is about you're waiting for this one, aren't yes. you? Yes. Yes. I called. am. Tell us what
2: it it's called. It's called. Oh my God, I totally forgot. It's. It's. Wait. You told it to me, and I forgot what it was. Sorry, but I know it's a Rumple. It's Rumple-esque. It's a Rumple. It, whatever. Eh? Is it?
1: Is it? It's. 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 Um. What did I, you tell me? You
2: like completely. I didn't say it was Rumple-esque. Oh no, oh, I'm sorry. I not oh, that was
1: episode 4. That's episode 4 of. is esque. Yes. Episode, episode
2: three. 3 is called
1: Quite a Common Fairy. Oh,
2: that's right. Yes.
1: Yeah. Hello. Quite
2: a Common Fairy. Yes, I'm waking up everybody.
1: <laughs> Sarah, um no, it is next week. Next week's show Jane Espenson, I would not pull that on you last minute like that. So I'm giving you guys a whole week's notice. Um. So great. Oh, Zach is going to be calling in in a little while. He just tweeted. Um, oh, so good. Yes. So, um, so Jane Espenson will be joining the show next week to talk about quite a common fairy, but also because she's writing on Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. She's splitting her time. Um, she, we'll we'll talk about that as well. So I'm going to start the show with a an interview, short interview, um, me, and then. Um, Chrissy and Jimmy will join, and then we'll open up the lines to um, all her many, many fans. We'll probably talk a little bit about husbands as well. So uh, very, very exciting, special, special show next week um, with Jane Espenson. So make sure you tell everybody about that. Um, The other thing I have to say is for those of you guys who are house fans, who used to watch house i've been having quite a lovely conversation online uh, you know via email with the wonderful doris egan who um was one of the best house uh house md uh writers on the show and she is involved with two shows that are coming up the first which is premiering october 17th is called rain r e i g n
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it- about... Have you guys heard about it? It's going to be on the CW. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. it's been all over the place. And she is uh, one of the writers on it. And uh, she was giving me a little bit of uh, of what it's all about and, and how cool it is. So I'm going to actually uh, interview her, I hope. We're trying to work that out um, before the show premieres October 17th. So I'm going to try to either get her to come on the uh, show. Sarah Egan says, Not Related and also um Doris is co-executive producer and writer on Black Sales. Um so and which is a short season that's beginning um in January on Stars. So Doris is a fabulous writer. She's a novelist as well as having penned some of the best House episodes that ever were written. Um so I'm very excited to be chit-chatting with her again and uh, I again I had me- emailed her on a completely separate subject and uh, about an article that I am developing for blog critics, which I will actually tell you guys about because if you're listening in, I would love your feedback. Um, I'm writing an article that is about what people think are the most important milestones or events in science fiction history. And I've gotten answers from the CEO of IDW Publishing, which publishes like, you know, they're one of the biggest comic book publishers on the planet, um, and uh, Jane Espenson and Doris Egan, and um, I kind of uh, emailing back and forth with Dean Hagland as well, and a few other people. Oh, by the way, and Dean, I'm trying to also do an interview with um, in honor of the 20th anniversary of the X Files.
2: So I, I got to get on. my. I will I will write my article, I promise you. Okay. <laughs> and I, 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 I will, I promise you.
1: I interviewed <laughs> Dean last December. So um it was about time that he and I got on the phone again. So um so all of that stuff is coming up. Um, whether I interview them f- on the show, live or before the show and, and I might you know, I'll play clips um on the show. So there's tons and tons of stuff coming up. Um in the next few weeks. So, um, oh, Chrissy, are you still there? Because you got I'm kicked. here. Okay. Chrissy. I got
2: kicked off, and then I no,
1: yeah. I was
2: kicked off of the uh, the chat box. I'm like, oh my gosh, where? Uh,
1: anyway, okay, Sarah. The <laughs> Star Wars, hands down, Star Wars. Yeah.
2: Hello, uh, well, too, me- Sarah.
1: Uh, Han Solo. That's uh, I-
0: So much more important. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, there is that debate, Wait. Star Wars versus Star Trek, and that's going to be,
0: going
1: to be a very important part of, um, I'm <laughs> you know, it's going to be a very important part of my article because Star Wars, Star Trek, um, you know, I'm a fan of both, and I know that that's really hard to believe that anybody could be a fan of both, but I grew up on star trek star trek star trek classic was was my first real addicted I was addicted to it growing up I was like I loved the man from Uncle, but I was a little bit young except for Ilya and I didn't start watching it the first season, but I started watching Star Trek right from the beginning, and you know that was like such an important pivotal part of my growing up Star Wars. It, I think they do different things, to be honest. I mean, I think they both have their place. Star Wars is a classic Joseph Campbell quest, period. And well, sentence, full stop. But Star Wars,
2: I Campbell think, I, for me, I just feel like Star Wars really blew it all wide open. I mean, I'm talking about cinema-wise, right. science fiction-wise, you know, all of right. the, the, you know, even, I mean, the special effects-wise how yeah. they created yeah. it. I mean the whole thing and really if it wasn't for Lucasfilm, film, half the other stuff that I mean, we, we might have and gotten, I, but I'm just saying he he not yeah. the door wide open. Right. He, and my, I think my I
1: think I think one of the things that Star Wars did was it took sci fi and made it mainstream. It was the first really, really important film series that it wasn't just about the nerds you know so um and star trek was just such a breakthrough series in so many ways um both about so its, with its social commentary the fact that it was a sci-fi show on network tv in prime time um yeah and han solo i'm with you guys i <laughs> actually i actually i was at the enders game press conference at comic con and uh-huh. i was sitting in the second row and I don't remember. A, well, actually, I do. I mean, I have some really good, um, really good footage of of um, of Harrison Ford talking yeah. about Ender's Game. But I swear, I spent most of this press conference. This is like all between you Just and me, guys. At- like big secret taking pictures <laughs> of Harrison Ford, every angle. I must have oh, 150 pictures weird. of Harrison Ford. I was sitting there with my Nikon just going, click click click. Oh, Ford, my God. It was been weird being
2: in That's how I would have been if, like, I was in the David Duchovny room, because that would have yeah, been, oh, my God. I, I, mean, David Duc- I
1: used to think David Duchovny, when he was Mulder, I thought he oh, was, like, completely youngies. hot. But I I don't like yummy. his look now. I think he's kind of too. Well, first like,
2: of all, his hair is too short. <laughs>
1: yeah. I liked
2: it when, like, I liked his hair when it was like a little bit when it was longer on the top. You know, from season one, season from one. From season
1: two, season two, and season two. Season two pop. was
2: good. And, yeah. and he looked great in the movie. I mean, that was good yeah. In the first yeah. movie, yeah, floppy
1: hair. Movie. He's he's got yeah. to have flop, the floppy anyway. floppy hair. <laughs> but
2: anyway. Well, yeah, anyway. you know, and then, of course, I would be that way if I ever get to see and meet Tom Meisen because he's my new, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm missing the East Coast airing, by the way, a sweet
1: all. yeah, I know, I know me too, um, but, and I'll watch it later, I know it's recording, um, but you know, I mean, I never met Hugh Laurie. Um, either on the phone or in person. Well, I did meet him. I, I can't say that I didn't meet him. I did meet him when he was in Chicago, but I've never interviewed him. And that would have been, you know, back in those days, that would have been like the, oh, my God thing. And now I've actually interviewed Robert Carlisle, so my life is complete. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, that's so funny.
1: It's, you know, I mean, I'd like to do a yeah. one-on-one. But um yes, my life is complete. And
2: you were sitting across the table from him though. Oh was I, was ca- than than across, I was doing and more than sitting across I was doing more than sitting
1: across the table. Well yeah,
2: and he played with your pen and he gave you a hug. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean
1: that's <laughs> good stuff, you know. Did.
2: <laughs> that
1: is Oh, Angela says, um, I've never been into sci fi. My geekdom is Disney. Disney is pretty geeky. Oh,
2: Disney. Disney? Disney Epcot, mm. oh my
1: god, Epcot is like one of my favorite Epcot places. Is- See,
2: and Epcot doesn't do it for me, although I will say I haven't been since 1997, and ah. I know there's a whole bunch more there that I have not seen. So, But Actually, I, I, mean, I loved MGM when I was there. I, well, I was
1: going to say, my favorite part of, of Disney World is MGM, the Tower yeah. of Terror. I did the Tower, yes. of, Terror yes. did did Tower of Terror four times. I did Tower of Terror four times. That's the best. Okay, so... Um, and I loved uh, the Animal Kingdom, but I really loved MGM yeah, Studios. MGM Studios is really cool, yeah. um, and I and I always like to go Pirates of the Caribbean and oh. the Haunted Mansion, but not at Disney World at Disneyland because they are much, much much me. better.
2: Oh, the, see, ra- I, no, no, I, no! I have to dis- no, I no Pirates
1: that. of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion are far superior at Disneyland because they're longer rides.
2: Okay because they're longer, but I, I'm i sticking with the with Disney World. I mean, I went to Disneyland in 2008, I think it was. But yeah, it was 2008. It was actually for my birthday. My birthday was October 3rd, and I went for my birthday. And I was mad because I was looking forward to the Haunted Mansion, and they changed it. And while I like the Nightmare Before Christmas, I was upset because I hadn't been since nineteen ninety seven to a Disney, and then they changed it for that, and it was okay. I mean it was cute and all but, and then not only that, but they changed the carousel of progress, and I didn't like that. they changed it into a whole I mean, maybe it's great for this day and age, but I absolutely love the carousel of progress when they would just sit you in the thing and it goes through all the years from oh, like I love that, yeah, yeah, year. well, they changed that, oh no now it's 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 all you know you stand on the on the on the carousel, and then it brings you into this big room, and it's got supposedly all the latest technology you can play with. I mean, that just wasn't fun for me at all. And there was no history. I'm like,
1: what is this? Well, I've I've been this? to Disney. I've know. been to Disney. I was in Disneyland in 1992. My hmm. daughter won a a a, a contest from Phantasma um, when it first opened. Phantasmic. She was five years old, and she wrote this really cool story, and it won one of, like, four prizes, and we won, like, an all-expenses family of four um, trip, all-expenses paid to Disneyland, Uh and that was awesome, and for Fantasmic, and um, so that that was the last time we were at Disneyland. Disney World, we were at, I think, in 1997 or 1998, I think. Oh,
2: okay. For the, like, so fifth anniversary, right? Is that
1: the yeah, there? yeah, yeah. And we stayed on the property and all that. But yep. we're gonna, you know, it's it, my husband is like so sick of Disney World and Disneyland. He's <laughs> not gonna go until we have grandchildren that are like old enough oh. to go and appreciate Disney World. So we're enough of that anyway. So let's get to a couple things. Um, and the first thing I I am now caught up with Sleepy Hollow, and I am liking it better. Yay! I am. I'm liking it better. Um,
2: What did you think of the the, uh, the Sandman we had last week? That was kind of creepy to me. The what? The way they did that. The Sandman that they had last week.
1: Oh, my God. That was really creepy. creepy. That was really creepy.
2: When she's on the one side of the wall and he's putting his fingers through, oh, my God, I was creeping out. I'm like, no way. And then... Yeah, it was good, and wasn't it cute that he went that he went under uh, the Dreamland with her? I thought that was so adorable.
1: Yeah, I Rain, thought that was really, I thought that was really daddy. cool. And I am now also caught up on Revolution.
2: Oh, well, what do you think?
1: Okay, What's I really like I like this episode. Um, yeah. And I'm actually this is the first time I've watched an episode of Revolution where at the end of the episode I was like. That's it? What happened to Miles?
2: Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. Because that's how I felt, too. I was just like, oh, my God, what about Miles? What's going to happen next? I mean, it was like, okay, I'm ready and I'm willing to tune in next week. Okay. You know, okay. what, I mean?
1: like and, you know, what about it. what about Mr. Immortal? I mean, holy crap. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Um, <laughs> we're on the air. Uh, sorry. Sorry, sorry. That's um, Okay. You know, it's uh, the, the, I can't remember his name, the guy with the glasses. Which I one?
2: Which? The guy, oh, the oh, 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 yes. Oh, God, I can't think of his name either. The one with the beard, the one that died. Yeah, yeah. Sack, and the glasses. Like, yeah, uh, okay. And he died. He was dead for three hours. So, and oh, okay,
1: God. so, so all of a sudden, he's like the characters in my book. <laughs> I know.
2: Yeah, it's just, so, okay, kind of, it so you're so it's like so it's little like nanobots or whatever the heck they are, yeah. the nanobots, brought them back to life. But I'm just like, okay, wait a minute. So that means that none, but nobody can die.
1: However, <sighs> people have
2: died. So I don't understand.
1: Well, only people okay. who have nanobots. And I'm wondering if the nanobots do something to the telomeres and the chromosomes, which is what I think they do. Because no, that's got to be. That's the only thing. There's only one thing or a couple things that can create that sort of um, that like really rapid regeneration, like wound right. regeneration. And that would be something in the um, in the telomeres, in the chromosomes. And that I wonder oh, wow. if the nanobots like do instant repair of um, chromosomal and tissue damage, which you I did a lot know. of research on for my novel. So um, very different. weird stuff. So that I really liked it. It was, as I said, the first, first time I've watched, Revolution. That at the end of it, I was like, I can't wait for next week. Right. That's never happened Yeah. So
2: and what do you think is going to happen with Monroe? I mean, sure. and then they sent they sent what's her name off by herself, which I was like, what? Is, why did they do that? I don't quite understand.
1: Yeah. Well, let They're her. Still be after
2: back. him. I mean. Yeah. yeah whatever. But
1: yeah. Um, I don't know what's going to happen to Monroe. Um.
2: They've kind of, like, left him hanging almost. I mean, yeah. He was in charge. And now we've got, uh, what's his name in charge? I can never remember his name. G- G- Gianna, how
1: do you say his name? Giancarlo Esposito.
2: Thank you. <laughs> you would say it right. Yeah,
1: he's, anyway. he's, a real, he's, in, he's he's a real opportunist.
2: Yes, you I know, mean, it's like, I oh, which side,
1: which side is in power? You know, I'll be on that side. I
2: actually, side. I'd be happy if Monroe... And Miles united against him. Now, that might be interesting. And maybe they'll bring it around that way. Because I kind of, I mean, obviously we know they started together, Miles and... Uh, yeah, um, I
1: could see that. You know? I, could see them, yeah. I could see them being on the same side.
2: I think so. I think that that might be it. The revolution
1: would be them
2: against... G. How do you say his name? <laughs> in
1: you know, otherwise known as the Mirror, who was mirror. in... This week's Once this Upon a week. Time. So, is there, are there any other shows you guys want to talk about um, a note? I just
2: wanted to mention real quick. I did get to see Beauty and the Beast. It's airing right now, but I did get to see it ahead of time. And basically, um, it is it's it's really good. It's going to be. It's sort of like a sad thing, though. They bring they um, pick up three months after they took Vincent. They basically the um, what's his name uh more, whatever, they took him off. They took they took him off. He comes back, and he has no scar and no memory of Kat, you
1: know, of
2: their love or anything. And he's, like, super, super soldier. I mean, took three of these uh, tranquilizer mm-hmm. uh, pistols to take him down, and he doesn't remember anything, and he's just more
3: uh, dangerous than ever.
2: And so I don't know. The other interesting thing is that Kat, her father, is the one behind uh, taking Vincent and and her real father. And
0: she doesn't know
2: yet that the father that died is not her father. That's another subplot.
1: Anyway, it's good. It's good. So watch the um,
0: I watched American Horror Story Coven this evening that premieres on Wednesday. And And Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates, oh, my God. I can't wait to see what else happens this season. But oh, Kathy good. Bates is amazing. Uh, Thaisa Farmiga, who was in season one, is definitely, like, a major focus this year. And some of the stuff she does is really cool. And it's a lot more, it's not scary, but it's really intense and graphic. In oh,
2: okay. some
0: really violent and sexual ways.
2: Interesting. Yes, and um, I saw Witches of West End, which was actually kind yep, of good. Yep, I watched that okay. yeah. What yeah, it's think?
1: a big, big year for witches big year for witches this year
2: yeah I'm just kind of mm-hmm. like I'm kind of on the fence right now with that because it's a little bit like practical magic you know yeah it's just, it's just. but uh, you know I'll watch it again I mean I wasn't like blown it wasn't like Sleepy Hollow Rod like oh my god I'm hooked forever you know I need to watch
0: well, it more I had a bit too much lifetime life time in it but I'll watch uh, it again we'll see uh, um, yeah it's on I know
1: <laughs> I got, on, uh, I got caught up on I got caught up on on um, blacklist, which I'm really Ooh, liking. What did you think? Mm. Isn't it great? I really, yeah, I really loved it. James Spader is brilliant. Um, it, you know, it just strikes me a, a lot uh, um, as like sort of Silence of the Lambs. A little um, bit, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot great. of it. Yeah. Okay, so that. now now I'm really curious. There's somebody on the line and we're going to talk about Once Upon a Time right now, but there's somebody on the line that has an area code that is local to this to me. So who has a seven oh eight area code, which is Northern Chicago. So Northern Chicago area. So I'm going to bring that person on because I am really curious. Hello, you're on the air. What's up? Who is this up? Is Sarah?
2: Are you like a Chicago person? I am South Side, nowhere near North Side. Yeah, but you're North, I said
1: Northern Illinois. Yeah. Oh. So. Ah, hi Sarah. Welcome. So, so, so <laughs> the Seattle. Okay, we're balancing out the Seattle side because you're another an Illinoisan. You're South yeah, Sider. I'm, my husband's a South Sider. Okay. All right. So you're That's like, That's like it. I'm a North Sider. I'm like okay. I, I, like if I go south of Jackson, I like consider it a foreign country. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we're, I have no south. idea what that is. You live in the city. You live,
1: you live in the city or in the suburb? You live in I'm the suburb. I am yeah. in the suburbs. Okay. Well, that's okay. You know, that's all right because you know, between Zach and Meredith and Chrissy who are all in Seattle, it's really oh, yeah. nice. It's really nice to have a Chicago person, even though you live like we in another country.
0: Field right here.
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> okay. Makes
0: a little more even.
1: Yes, yes, it does. And and and, and Jimmy is also a Midwesterner, in yes. Ohio. Mm-hmm. So, yep. um, yeah. So that's good. So it sort of balances things out a little bit. So mm-hmm. okay. So let's talk about. Should I talk about? Should we talk about Wonderland first, or should we talk about once? Either one. I'm oh, I'm open for okay. anything.
2: So, let's, so let's Wonderland first.
1: Okay, so I'm going to talk about Wonderland. I'm not going to give you any spoilers. Um there is a very um Sarah, did you watch the 20 minute like teaser thing? Cuz I did and I can't remember it at all cuz it was back in July. Yeah, but okay. Uh, so I did saw, they, yeah, cuz the iTunes they,
2: okay, after yeah, the yeah, yeah.
1: premiere, they gave So my question minutes. to you is did they show where um, the nave of hearts originally came from? Ah. Michael Saka's yes. character. Yes. Okay. Uh, and the, they that's sure, the
2: very first 30 seconds.
1: Okay. So we didn't know that there There actually are some really clever little crossovers between mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time and uh, Wonderland. And that's mm-hmm. why I was asking because I didn't remember if that 20-minute teaser specified mm-hmm. who the crossovers were. Mm-hmm. Did it? It didn't, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It did. Yes, yeah. it did. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. I just want to make sure because if it didn't specify who those crossovers were, um, I didn't want to spoil it.
2: Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I'm just trying to. I'm thinking it doesn't and, start in
1: Wonderland. The, the opening of the episode does not start in Oh, no, no, the opening, of the, epi- the opening of the episode starts with yes. a very young Alice bursting yes. out of a hole and having been, lost, hmm. been gone for a very long time. It's not how the teaser starts. Um, oh! But um, the episode starts with a very young Alice turning up at her parents' house, um, having been missing for a very long time. And then quickly goes to when she's an adult. <clears throat> we then get introduced to the Knave of Hearts, Michael Saka's character. And he is in an interesting place when he is uh, introduced. And uh, he's
2: quite a rake. He
1: is the Knave. Yeah, that's, that's where he opened.
2: has The n- are open on
1: that part, I think. Okay, and he was introduced with... Um, with two characters from a certain other show uh, that we all love. And I'm not going to say who it is, because I think I want it to be a surprise. Um, Angela in the chat box
2: says there is a storybook crossover at the beginning.
1: Yes, there is. There is a storybook Mm -hmm. crossover at the beginning, but I'm not going to say um, who is in that storybook crossover. Should I say? (laughs) I shouldn't say. Is that too much of a that's too much of a spoiler?
2: Yeah. No, no, don't I'm with spoilers. It. I don't care. You could share them No, alone. I don't tell, it, no, I'm no, no.
1: It, it yep, doesn't it the spoilers. Spoilers have don't. to do my giving of spoilers has to do with my violating my uh NDA with uh A B C. Yeah. So no um, I will say this that one of the one of the people that um the knave runs into in Storybrooke uh, has been on the show. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, so take it from there. <laughs> yeah. Um so we have uh we have the white oh the white rabbit is really cool. And mm-hmm. oh where yes, where where um the knave actually uh finds Wonderland is a really cool place within Storybrooke. It's a great place mm-hmm. um, I have to say that Wonderland is absolutely spectacular. It is filmed the the, the effects, the colors it is surreal, it is gorgeous um it is, is it better
2: bes- than was it better than when we were first introduced, like now, since they know like what they're doing, sort of yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's it's good. it's absolutely stunning. Um and even compared to Once Upon a Time, which is a stunningly hot show, this is yeah. um because it's surreal and because we don't know if it's in Alice's mind or not. Um hmm. and this is a, you know, this is a real fantasy scape. And it is well, – I mean, anyone who's read um, Through the Looking Glass by Lewis Carroll knows that it's actually quite a dark fantasy in many ways. Um, but it's very surreal. You have our hookah – you you have the hookah-smoking caterpillar. You have the white rabbit. You have um, an interesting hat shop, which is – oh, it must be the Mad Hatter's shop. Um, <laughs> we, have a, we, we were introduced to an interesting hat shop. Um, At the end of the episode, it is not specified whose house it is. It's a house, Uh, whose house it is. Um, And the meeting with Cyrus is just lovely. And and the show goes back and forth between Alice and her uh, interrogation, I suppose, by the doctors in her asylum and her encounter, um, her encounters in Wonderland. And the tragedy of it, and and love found and love lost, and love sought. Um, the the uh, Cyrus is lovely, um, our genie, and um, it all connects back to Jafar and what he wants, and we don't really know why he wants what he wants. But I have to say, Naveen Andrews as Jafar mm-hmm. is fabulous. Just fabulous. Um, They do make mention of having had encounters with pirates and mermaids. Hmm. So I'm wondering if the pirates that they've encountered somewhere along the line might connect them back with Neverland. And Mm -hmm. mermaids as well. So they actually mention that. I don't, you know, I can't remember exactly in what context it was mentioned, but there was a mention, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. Um, Great sword fighting. And it is really cool. See, I I can't really tell you guys plot points. Um, Oh, what's in the, oh, okay, in the 19 minute preview clip that's up. That's, okay, so Angela, can you please type in, whether it discusses which particular parts of Storybrooke um, we are introduced to, because I don't want to give away anything that's not in that clip. Um, I know that's kind of silly. Okay, Sarah is typing. But, um, and oh, okay, Angela is typing, because I really don't want to um, give that up, because I want that to be a cool surprise. Um, and really, I think the overriding theme. Yes, yes, I know it opens in Storybrooke, but does does it show anything more than that? Do we know exactly where, and do we know if they encounter anyone? Because they do encounter a couple of people in Storybrooke, and it's kind of cool what they do with it. Um, but I think the overriding, re- overriding theme of the show is going to be when you really love someone, you don't need proof. Okay, it starts with the knave walking down the street toward the diner and he encounters Grumpy, yes, he encounters grumpy and and someone else so he 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 does yes grumpy it is definitely grumpy and someone else who is um who is chatting with grumpy um, uh, we didn't see anyone else yet, okay, there is one other person um that we also see. So um, you will find out. And Granny's place has definitely an important role. Um, tweet war against Big Bang Theory. Sarah says, "I do know who it is." Sarah, who is it? <laughs> don't say. I can't say, but I suppose you can say. Um, am I allowed you- to say? Well, uh, you're not bound by the same rules I am. I don't think. <laughs>
2: From around it, I, heard, I wish mm-hmm. I could source. I could cite it, but it, I've heard that it was Cinderella that was that we I will see in,
1: in it. I will neither confirm nor deny. Okay, so I guess that's
2: a pretty
1: good yeah, yeah. cool. guess. <laughs> I will not yep. say one way or the other. Um yep. Okay. But, um, yes, I will say that that person who they encounter was on this show at some point. So I said it again. Um, Anyway, I really (laughs) loved it. It's great. Um, Oh, question. Is the Queen of Hearts going to make an appearance? Not the Queen of Hearts. The Red Queen makes an appearance, and she is quite the (laughs) B-word. I know. She is is quite the B-word. Oh cool. well, yeah. I mean, this was only the pilot. They've promised they'd like to get Cora on, and you know, I mean, obviously the Queen of Hearts belongs in Wonderland. And Cora. plus, the um, Queen
2: of Hearts made the appearance in. I think it was the Queen of Hearts that was in the original Through the Looking Glass. While it was the Red Queen that was in Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, way. I remember explaining to my friends that they are two separate characters. So it yes, is they are. Cool. It is entirely possible to bring back Cora as the Queen of Hearts because, because Wonderland is doing the same setup where they're bringing, like they're telling the story through flashbacks and whatnot, while also bringing in a parallel to the current time uh, with the story. It's entirely possible for Cora to come back, and I really want her to come back because I love yeah. to hate her. Yeah, it would be great.
1: Um, The Red Queen is a witch in quite an interesting and different way. Um, Yeah, the thing with Sebastian Stan is he's really, really busy, and I know that it's a scheduling issue. So we'll have to see. Um, So if anyone has any questions for me about Wonderland, I can probably answer kind of evasively.
2: (laughs) I sort of have a question. Okay, I think question. it's been answered already, but I just want to – I think I have an understanding of it now. But because, like – okay, so Alice is in Victorian London. Yes. And it's a fictionalized Victorian London, correct? So yes. it's different from the, the – uh, from Once Upon a Time when we saw Wendy and the Darlings in their Victorian London, because that's our yeah. world,
1: the real yeah. world. A, well, habit. I mean both worlds are real worlds it's It's not a yeah. um Alice's it's Victorian England of. is very much victorian england um yeah. the the asylum she is in isn't quite bedlam, although it could be um mm-hmm. it's not likely given her family's wealth that it would be bedlam, but the asylum she's in is very much of the period um so, and and of course, Victorian England was a very long period of time. I mean, it started in 1837 mm-hmm. and went all the way, you know, into the very very late part, uh, very early 20th century almost. And um, so, that's a really long period of time. So, depending on whether it is early or late, um, we don't know. And you know Lewis Carroll and J. M. Barrie, I think, were contemporaries, but you know there are different parts of London. But I think that the Wonderland London would fit quite in with um, J. M. Barrie's Peter Pan London. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's it's quite you know it's not kind of a surreal London, although there are surreal parts of it. Obviously, when you have white rabbits popping out of holes in the middle of a garden in you know, the middle of London, yeah. that doesn't actually happen in real life. And, although it could well, in my novel, but um, it doesn't. You but never know.
2: Well, you never but know.
1: Because... Angela, Angela, she's like, wait, So Becky asks, is Jafar evil? Well, that's a really good question. Now, when I interviewed Naveen Andrews back at Comic-Con, I actually asked him. I said, so you have this character, and he's really smart. And he is, you know, you don't actually know if he's good or if he's bad. Is he sort of uh, Wonderland's Rumpelstiltskin? And, um, of course, that was a really unfair question to ask of somebody who had literally just been cast two hours earlier. (laughs) But, um, you know, he says, yeah, I mean, he's certainly conflicted. So he wants something. There is a specific thing that Jafar wants. And whether that makes him an ally of the very evil Red Queen or not is interesting. He wants something. And he and the Red Queen have a deal. So what their deal is and what the parameters of that deal is, we're not entirely sure yet. So,
2: I think I know. Um, I, I, I think I can. I think I could come up with something. I I think I I may know something about it.
1: Okay. Well, we're not going to spoil that. So of course, yeah, we're we're not going to do theory. that. Um. Oh, there's a theory. Okay. So what's your theory? Well, yeah, but nobody's theory. seen it. But nobody's seen the episode yet. So why don't you hold on to that till next week? Of
2: course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so
1: Angela, Angela asks why did the Darlings live in our world and Alice is in fictional London? Well, they're all in fictional London. I mean, the Darlings, I mean, Peter Pan takes place in fictional London.
2: Right. I think it's, right. I think it's, it's all different. I think that they're all different realms. I mean, everything is fictional, A,
1: but B I yeah, I mean, I mean A, everything's it, Everything it, is fiction. I mean, you know, Peter Pan takes place in fictional London. Right. Um, you know, Charles Dickens, stories
2: take like like, yeah and I think it's like a version a version of I mean that's the same thing as you know supposedly you know supposedly Once Upon a Time is in our world but you know technically it's fiction and it's it's just a a version of
1: so the darlings are in our world but so is Alice Alice is very much Alice and her father because we meet her father Alice and her father and the doctors and the assignment this is very much our world. Present
2: day, our world. It's yeah. not,
1: well, it's not because present day. Not it's present not in day. present day. It's
2: 1800, what is it? 18 what? What is
1: it? It's somewhere in the 19th, mid-19th century. Mid-19th century.
2: Okay.
1: Mid to late, no. It's It's Victor- somewhere in Victorian Victorian.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: Um. No, because Alice's stories coincide with season two of Once. Um. I don't understand. I don't. I don't. I guess I'm not understanding the distinction. Um, You know, none of this is "quote unquote" our world. It's all fiction. So I'm. I'm confused. These are all versions of reality, and not reality themselves. Uh, Not not reality itself. Um, She She is is not not in the same. No, she. Well, I mean. It's possible. Not the
2: same age, though. Because no, not, I mean, just like you know,
1: just like Doctor Whale came from, um, right. you know, nineteenth century Austria or Germany or wherever he was. Um, but the Darlings are in the same world as storybook. Well, they can't be. They're not even in the same century. Right. So yeah, I'm,
0: I'm not. not it was pretty clear that the darlings were not in "quote unquote" the real world of Once Upon a Time, where Emma was raised. It yeah, definitely I, seemed like there was a Victorian England type of of uh, realm, same as Neverland or Wonderland. So that's kind of where I figure Alice probably is. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, how I how said I Adam, confirmed
0: Adam
2: confirmed what? it. Adam confirmed what? I didn't see anything
0: confirmed that, that it confirmed it in the twenty three. Oh, Adam confirmed that in
2: 23.
1: That is
0: what?
1: Oh. I think it term- Maybe I'm not understanding like, the distinction.
2: Okay, I think I got it. It's like um, there's, a, there's Wonderland, there's The Land Without Magic, there's um, The Land Without Color, and right. then there's the literary Victorian London, like Alice or um, Oliver Twist, um, all those fictionalized characters, well, I guess they made the
0: darlings
2: part of the land without magic as real people. And technically they were,
1: too. right? Yeah, because um, they interacted with Faye. Right. Yeah. So he so didn't cross I think into that's, a... Okay. I think it's a really fine distinction. And I don't think, to me, I don't think it's a significant thing. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how it impacts the story one way or the other. I guess it maybe I'm not. Really, just, I'm not. It's just so a what, matter
2: of, like, trying to wrap your head around, like, okay. Yeah, did, I think that you know, Compartmentalize right. it so that when you're watching it, you're not like, okay, wait a minute, where am I now? Where is it? Um, okay. Yeah yeah, that's,
1: that's, yeah, it is a curiosity. And yeah. that's a really interesting question. Um <clears throat> so that's good. All right. Any other questions about Wonderland before we go to talking about um Yay. episode two of Once Upon a Time. Going once, going twice. Okay. So oh. we're gonna talk about <laughs> Once Upon a Time. So Last week I said that the second episode of Once Upon a Time, as good as the pilot was, uh, not pilot, as good as the premiere was, um, the second episode was even better. Was I right? Oh yeah, you were That's um, right a thousand times right because I've
2: watched yep. it three times
1: already. Right. <laughs> I have. I, two. I it really watched it I, two more times. So I, I
2: watched
1: it. I watched it like four times before it aired. The last time that I watched it <laughs> was last <laughs> night. It was because the show airs at 7 o'clock here. So we'd yeah. got my husband and I went out for dinner. Cheesecake Factory. Um yum. Got, home, got home at Which 6. What cheesecake
2: did you have?
1: I didn't have any cheesecake. I had their very delicious veggie burger.
2: Oh, mm-hmm. yummy. Those are so good. I actually like them there. Oh, my God. I know, anyway, sorry. I, know. I, back. I had it
1: with sauteed <laughs> mushrooms. It was really good. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I got home at 6 and I said, okay. I need to write my review, but I want to have the review done by the time the episode ends. So I better watch it one more time before it actually airs. So um, mm-hmm. I did. I watched and then I watched it went real time. And so I guess I've watched it like four or five times already. <laughs> so I, I'm, <laughs> like an so good. I'm like an expert on this episode already. So, um, all right. So, <sighs> Last week I also kind of teased that there were like these three parallel quests. And the those parallel quests were Emma's, um, Snow's and Rumpels. And Rumpel. Um mm-hmm. Snow's being in the land, you know, the enchanted forest that was. Um but I think those three stories are really the Three main, excuse me, the three main threads that are going to lead to the finding of Henry. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. I am like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, of course. you okay? Yep, I'm fine. Okay, just taking a sip of my coffee here. (laughs) (laughs) What happens is I teach for two hours before I come do this show. So I Uh talk two hours before I come and do a show rained out by then it is and I'm a professional singer so I can I know how to like you know work my voice but there are times um so anyway so so that's kind of was my take on the second episode was you really are getting this strong sense and I you know the story of I think that what's going to run parallel in the enchanted forest that was is snow and charming Taking back the kingdom.
2: Yeah, which I actually can. I just say it was about time we got a little bit of like back to the roots of Snow and Charming, and yeah, yeah. I thought you know it was great to see that, and it was also interesting to see the fact that she really struggled. I mean, you know, when in in season one, when we see them, you know, oh he gets her, he finds her, he gives her a kiss, let's get married, and then next thing you see is the wedding. You figure, oh, you know, because she says, you know, let's take back the kingdom. And you just assume, oh, it was a piece of cake, you know. You didn't even think twice about it. But the fact that she had such reservations, she was just doubting herself, doubting who she was. And I love that charming Steph and was like, hey, you know who you are. You know, I know who you are. You need to figure out who you are.
3: And I loved
2: Emma because it, it, even though I knew she was an orphan, that's not how I've seen her through this whole thing because I'm like, oh, well, you know, she had – you no, know, and Charming are her parents. You know, like, it just didn't, it just kind of totally went over my head. And then I'm like, oh, my God, she's an orphan. She's the lost girl. Hello, wake up. She's, she's right. never yeah, had she never lost girl. She spent oh, so like, up much up of
1: her time, point. she spent so much of her life being an orphan. Right. And I think that this is, what I really love about this is that you've got, and I keep coming back to these parallel paths. You have Emma, Rumpelstiltskin, and Snow White, and each faces right. a challenge that can only be met by confronting a past that they would rather not confront. Yeah. And it's right. And I thought,
2: yeah. Yeah. And I thought Definitely. it was so interesting when he's trying to get rid of that, that doll and it just kept coming back and kept coming back. It's like he can't just, just let it go. He's gotta deal with it. Like he hasn't, right. he hasn't dealt with it. So In order for him it. to
1: that's let right. it go, he's gotta he's gotta accept it, he's gotta exactly. accept it, he's gotta embrace it, and he's gotta deal with it, and then he can exactly. let it go. And I'm exactly. sure once exactly. he comes to that point, if he decides to let go of that doll, it will be let go.
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. And I think that, that that's really, really crucial. And I think that's going to be his journey, and I cannot wait to see where this goes. I know,
2: I'm dying, and I absolutely loved my Rumble. They were so cutest. Oh okay, did god. I and like I say it. that
1: it was going to be wonderful?
2: You did, and I was I like, Oh my god, I can't believe it! And I loved that he, you know, he was he was really leery at first. He's like, Oh, I bet can." Tan is the one, you know, he, he he conjured you, and she's like, no, you did. And I just, I, I, I think love that, that was she ability. is his safety, yeah, you know? I love that. I love how it was, like, it wasn't a rum bell episode, but it had very, the, it had the aspect of it, and it was very yeah. well performed, and yeah. mm-hmm. I I have a limit on so much run, Bell. Like it's, they're a great couple. It's a great pairing. It's a great story, but I can only really take so much. I love the characters. Don't get me wrong, but it's just. But this really, episode, really this episode really showed. Like, okay, this is why I like them. They know how to, they, their connection is so strong. Yeah, and he just has to keep believing that, like, the good inside of him will like be yeah.
0: there
2: and um but unfortunately there's so much like darkness still within him that's going to be the challenge for him yeah. while he's in yeah. Neverland,
1: basically. Yeah. Well he's yeah. really he's really fighting it and that's really yeah. what his like, struggle is. And his struggle so he's got two struggles. He's got a this struggle he's gotta go dark in order to beat um pan.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But
1: can he control it enough so that he's not consumed by it? And I think that's where Belle is going to be his talisman. He is mm-hmm. she is she is going to be the his that love, that really strong connection between them is going to be so important. Um well, I think
2: what I think is, is like he'll be at just about ready to completely let go and be completely dark, and all of a sudden there will be whatever that sliver is, and it'll be her. It'll be her love or whatever, and it'll it'll yeah. snap him back, and that's yeah. going to be amazing to watch. And and I'm surprised you don't like Rumble. You don't like Sarah. You don't like. Oh no no Rumble. no! I do I do I do. They it's just sometimes. Sometimes it's it gets very it's a little bit too much. Like I loved the episode back in season two when it was before they were really Rum Bell, it was um uh Lacey when all the flashbacks of her still right. being his prisoner and I loved that. I really did. I do love them. It's just there's only I can only take so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not
1: it's not I mean Rump, Rumpel is a main is one of the main characters. Bell is not. And right. and I think that, you know, it and and I love Rumpel and Bell together. I think it's a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and I know that there was some some folks I and I got a ton of tweets from people who were like um well, but she wasn't really there, so it really doesn't count. No, it and count.
2: Like, yeah, true. it doesn't count because she can not look at it that,
1: that
2: way. I, I mean, if I he think, think that, that he was there, then yeah.
1: Yeah, he's, he conjured her there.
2: He exactly. wanted her yeah. to
1: be there. He needed her there. And who's to say, because it is all magic, that it wasn't actually
2: her? You never, it could have been.
1: I mean, you know, was don't. it a hallucination? I don't think so. And I think he actually brought her, whether it was her consciousness. Now we're getting into this whole consciousness thing. Um, (laughs) You know, whether it was bringing um, her consciousness there um, to be with him, to guide him, to anchor him. I think that's really wonderful. And I think that, you know, that's, that's a really important part of his journey is to overcome that between that and embracing and letting go, I mean, it's what Bell says to him, you have to let go of what you feel about your father, um, that you're not him. You will not make mm-hmm. those mistakes with Henry. And, you know, he knows he keeps making the same mistakes. And can he break the cycle? Um, the question is, will she remember this encounter in Storybrook? I don't think, I don't it matters. think so. And I don't think it no, matters. No, it doesn't
2: matter. No, it's. The, I don't think that that's the issue. It's just. I don't think it he, is either. He needed her there, and that is what you know what he needed, and in, in order to try and figure out what he needs to do and to get. The and dog. I think I mean I think it's a lovely way
1: uh, because she's not in Neverland. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be appropriate for her to be in Neverland. It's the main the main guys plus Hook. Right. Hook's not. Hook's not either, in, you know. A main character, but it's his ship. So what the heck? Um, right, right. And so I think that um, how else are they going to put Rumple and Belle together except in a vision? Um, exactly. You know, she's got to be back yeah. in Storybrook, So still, um, we need
2: a little bit of Rumble because we haven't had. I mean, that was one yeah. of the biggest complaints from last season. You know, yeah. the but, but they're doing it. I think is just just perfect. It, it is. is, and perfect. I mm-hmm. and I think
1: that the other big complaint that I had there wasn't enough rumple last year and I think they fixed yeah. that too so yay. Totally. Um but I really love the idea that, you know, let us talk about Emma's story. And then I want to get to talking about charming and um, you know, the big shocker at the end last year. Oh night. my
2: God, yes. Oh
0: I my goodness.
2: Out about that. That was- I'm like, really? So so Look, let's
0: talk about the you know, shocker? From the fight I scene, I knew coming out of it, that's what it was going
1: to be. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, no, no, no. no. I, I knew that. I knew that. I mean, from I the fight scene, it, it was like, like, yeah, yeah, he, he is, is injured, but he looks like he, that's bad. I mean, that's, that's bad That's really, stuff.
2: that looked worse than than what it was. I mean, like, I, I didn't think it was going to look that bad. I mean, it's all going to get in his system. Oh, I just don't like it. And I mean we have Oh, I knew it have uh, uh, yeah,
1: to be something. Like, curious,
2: well, just, so what's gonna happen? So story. so what what what
1: do you think's gonna happen? I know Zach wanted to be here for this, but I don't know
2: where he is. Yeah. I don't know. You're yeah. calling yet? It was Zach that morning. Well, Call in. Yeah, uh, I, don't I don't know, Zach. Well, I mean my my thinking is well I told you this, I think I tweeted this to you, didn't I, Barbara, earlier? I think it's our shady blue fairy that I always say is got involved in all this. I really feel she's been been the puppet master from the beginning. I mean, I'm talking about the rumple thing. I'm talking about you go all the way back to everything and you look at everything. She's always just kind of pulled the strings. I mean, the whole thing, bringing, sending Emma to, uh, Whatever to our world, that the whole the whole tree trunk closet thing was her idea. I mean, she's got she's gonna probably end up with some potion that cures him or something. I really think Shady Blue Fairy is involved. That's my theory. Okay, there's <laughs> well, silence, like... <laughs> silence across the airwaves. <laughs> Did I stump <laughs> the panel? Where's <laughs> my where's my theory so outlandish that it'd be like okay she's off her rocker which I could be but what do
1: you guys think um you know she is kind of the puppet master <laughs> I I would I would say that sorry I had to like dash an email off to ABC because <clears throat> we're trying to as I said trying to set something up with David Goodman <clears throat> who wrote episode four um. So I just got an email from ABC asking, "Did I, you know, we, we can we set that up?" So hopefully I'll hear back by by the end of the show. <clears throat> I doubt it, but maybe. Um, anyway, I don't know. Blue Fairy. I mean, she is she is quite the she's she's quite the 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 puppet master. But whether she's going to be able to help, charming. I mean, who's going to be able to help? I mean, when Rumpel was poisoned by that stuff, um, yeah, to it, use
2: the dark magic to get yeah to heal him, basically, but
1: right, you know, and it was the really... only thing. It was the only thing that could cure him. Was somebody else's life had to be somebody else's somebody's heart or somebody else needed to be cursed. It was a life for yeah, a life. Exactly. That candle, but they don't have the candle. How are well, they getting? Never they don't know have what's
2: that. In that you never know what's in that backpack.
1: That's that true. Snow brought, so. That is true. It could, it could be. It could be that Rumpel brought the candle with him.
2: If he brought the dagger, he may have. He, there is a
1: possibility. Oh. Of speaking of the dagger. Oh wait, that hang on. I think this see. is. Hang on. I think we have Zach. Hold on. Oh yay. Okay. Might this be Zach? It would be Zach. It would Yay. be Zach. Okay, so now we have Good two evening, people everyone. from Seattle and two people Where from Chicago. Where is Zach?
3: <laughs> I had to pick up a friend. I had to pick up a friend of mine from the airport. I didn't. I ran out of pixie dust, unfortunately, so I had to go drive it. Oh no, didn't It was a bummer.
2: <laughs> so we are. Yeah, late. So, well,
3: you know. Ne- uh, well, apparently it next week Seattle. maybe I can do that. So.
1: <laughs> okay. So no, we are. We are right now with six people talking on the oh, phone awesome. at the same time. This is, like, insane. Um, <laughs> that's Yes, yeah, Sleepy Hollow is over. Was the episode good, Becky? Okay. Wait, what? What happened? What? Oh, Becky said she's you- here. Sleepy Hollow is over. And I'm asking, okay, Becky, is- was the episode good?
2: Is it good? Yes. Is it good, Becky? Tell me. I need she's to gonna-
1: know. So, is so I'm Eisen- talking about, okay, so we're talking about, the dagger and um Rumpel cutting that was an off. Amazing scene. Oh wow. When I first saw that, I was like, What is he doing? Actually my husband was watching the screener with me and he actually who he has little interest in Once Upon a Time. And <laughs> he's watching he says, What is he doing? And um he, that was amazing. That was that looked really painful. That really but works. I
2: think he was able to put up with it because he knew the importance of it, of get, getting his dagger away from any possible threat. And it makes sense, too. So it's, I think that was a good idea on his part.
1: Okay. So so interestingly, um, he is giving the dagger to his shadow, and he's telling him to hide it even from him.
3: I, I have such a, I have such a theory about that. You know okay, me. Okay, what's your uh, theory? I guess, I, mean,
2: I do well, too. remember,
3: I, remember I, before do. I was like talking about, you know, um, the, how I thought the powers were from Neverland. Like this kind of made me think, yeah, I I really do think so. Because like when he cut off the shadow, like obviously Pan has cut his shadow off before, right? Like,
0: right. or somebody
3: did. So it's like, okay, that happened. So how did that happen? Well, most likely with the dagger. And then, you know, like, why would that have happened? Because he had it. It was his. Like, yeah, I don't know. There's just, there's, there's something there. Like, it feels like there's a bunch of big pieces, like, that are moving into place. Like, that this is going to be, like, the beginning of some huge reveal, I feel. Like, oh, my God, I can't wait.
2: Well, my theory is that, okay, so, in the in his darkest moment, right, he, maybe it's his shadow that's going to save him. He's has been the shadow the only thing that can that is going to be able to save him? He's the only one that knows what the dagger is. I mean, maybe that's why he did that. I mean, he did it for a reason. Not just, I, mean, well, I thought maybe he got rid of power. the shadow.
0: So I thought maybe he got rid of the shadow so Pan couldn't rip
1: it out and destroy well, him that's that way. True.
2: But, yeah. I mean, yeah. So far, how would Zoso
1: have gotten it from Pan? We don't really know who Zoso was.
2: Zoso was the previous dark worm.
1: Yes, I, I know. People-
2: Okay. Right, right. So we haven't really seen much. Like, we don't know yeah. much about his background. It wouldn't it be
1: interesting to see Brad Doreef back on the show? Oh, I
2: would love that. I would we'll love it.
1: Him. So great. Oh, he's so okay. good.
2: I always think he, of X Files. I you him now. <laughs> I know.
1: You know, it's anyway, like people, it's think so Rings, you know, yeah. people think of Lord of the Rings. You know, people think Lord of the Rings, right? Mm-hmm. I always think of um, the X Files. Yep. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. will always
2: remember him from that. I don't know why, but yeah. I mean, he was great in Lord of the Rings as well. But I mean, when I see him, that's what I think of. So
1: Becky about. says that he wants to hide the dagger so Pan can't get it and stab him with it. Well, well, yeah. Okay, or you know, no this is the. I have my own theory. Okay. Because well, yeah. Rumple wants to hide it even from himself, so that he may want to have the dagger. He may crave to have the dagger. But if he has the dagger, and he, we know that there's a deal that he's been offered. Pan has offered him a deal to right. um, to, to be able to live if he leaves, gives up Henry. And that's what right. he's grappling with. What if, and, and, of course, we know Henry's going to be his undoing. And what did he tell the seer? He said, well, I'll just have to kill him. Right. So what if he's afraid of what he would do? with the dagger should he have it and should he be in a position where he could he could do henry some harm i think
2: that he i think no i don't even think i don't think it's that i don't think it's that i think it's that he's worried that pan would get it and kill henry whether he makes that decision or not
1: but why why would he want it why would he want it to be even hidden from him if he believes he can control,
2: well, I don't. I think it's more more the fact that he, in case he's in that dark place, so that he can maybe completely let go. He doesn't know where the the dagger is, so he will never be able to really let go. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like he he's trying. It's like a safeguard for him. I oh,
1: I definitely think it's a safeguard definitely i i know that it's a safeguard
2: yeah but i
1: think it's it's more than a safeguard against having himself killed um and much and and, and as much if not both a safeguard against him killing henry because if yeah. he goes to that really dark place he's going to be right at the barrier he's going to be right you know right at that point where his selfish self-interest. I I see. Th- yeah. See, I agree with Angela in the chat room. I think he is afraid of his own actions, as well as Pan. as
2: well as hands.
1: Yeah. I totally believe that that he is afraid of what he'll do. If he has, if he goes to the dark side, especially without Bell there to be a counterbalance right. to that. And um but would he actually kill his own son's son? Well ha see in the season That's finale thing. last season, remember where Rumpel was. Oh. We go back we go awful. right back there and I asked that was the first question. Yeah. And if you guys wanna hear uh, Robert Carlyle's take and I actually think I asked Adam and Eddie as well. The same did. question.
2: I remember you saying I did. did.
1: Yeah. And, and I asked Robert um, if he thought that Rumple would have done it. And his his answer to me without even blinking an eye was without a doubt he would have done it. He has no doubt. I, was his just,
2: I still cannot believe that for that scene to this day haunts me. Because when he's just turning that. Turning, it. I was like, "No, he is not going to do this." Like I really thought that there would be something mm-hmm. that was going to, you know, trigger and and jerk <laughs> him back. And he did, and it really didn't. Like you said, I mean, he probably would have gone through with it had he not been stopped. You know, and he's and
1: so afraid. That, yeah, he's afraid scary. that you know that 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 dagger just gives him like like Angela is saying in the chat room that it would give him, you know, if he, he won't go through with it. He won't rescue Henry. And he knows right. he must do that. I mean, I think this, you know, and, and I've said this before, and you guys know that I'm a Rumple person. Um okay. and I and I think that um all of the all of the plot and I love this I love Emma's plot line in this. Mm-hmm. I love her
3: journey. Yeah. Love oh her, my gosh. This is it's very And you, I then. love
1: I love the <laughs> fact that her journey and Rumple's journey and Snow's journey back in the Enchanted Forest are these beautiful parallel that's right, that's right. narratives. They just, they're really the same journey, and I think we won't mm-hmm. get to the end of this until all three of their journeys. I mean, obviously, Snow's was in the past, but Snow being there with Emma, Snow has been there. Snow has been on this journey, and right. that's where... You know, as much as Emma is like, we're the same age, you can't be my yeah. mother. Snow has been on this journey. Okay. She's already grown and, yeah. And, right. She's been through this. Um, you know, embracing who she is and all of that, and that's where she can really be a help to Emma, is to mm-hmm. guiding her through because she's been there before. And I think that that's the importance of Snow's journey to retake the kingdom. And I think Emma's, in order for Henry to be saved, and I think I said this earlier already, is that Emma has to complete her quest to embrace who she is, to believe in herself, and to do it. I mean, she can't take the easy way out, right? She cheated. Rumpel Mm -hmm. using the dagger would be cheating. He needs to go through That's this, right. You know, and, and if you look at um, Joseph Campbell's kind of outline, template for a Hero's Quest, they have to go through a dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. And they haven't gotten there yet. And I think that dark night of the soul will be there, you know, at the end of... um the end, uh, you know, as we get toward the climax of this season 3A, (laughs) season 3 part
2: 1. Yeah, well, and too, as far as, like, Emma goes, I mean, and I think that it's funny because, you know, she kind of looks at her parents as he's like, Pollyanna, everything is happy, everything is good, because, you know, in the beginning of the the premiere, she was just like... (laughs) You know, you you we're the same age, and why do you you know everything doesn't right. always work out and all this? And it's nice to see that Snow was dealing with. Oh my God, you know she she was a mess, she was, and she didn't believe that. You know, she wasn't like all you know uh, rainbows and happy hearts and all that. I mean, she had to go through it, and I think that that it's important for for Snow and for Charming to actually put tell Emma that. Like, I, I feel yeah. like they need to have a conversation towards the end of this, when maybe after they get Henry, but, I mean, or maybe at some point, they have to have this conversation, because I think that she looks at her parents as like, the, you know, Pollyannas. everything's fine, we'll just muddle through, and not realizing that they had their own journeys as well, that like they had to find themselves right. as well. And right. So it would be great if, if we could see that. Well,
0: time. I definitely thought that this episode was the first one, that felt like Snow was motherly. Like the way they mm-hmm. have related to each other very much on the same level. But there were yeah. at least two scenes in this episode where Snow set Emma down and she acted like a mother and she looked like a yeah. mother and even though they were the same age, the actresses, there was definitely a difference in posture and bearing. Yes.
2: Yeah, definitely um, definitely so, and
1: they need to so say that, that one of the things I thought was really kind of interesting, kind of cool, was I love um when Snow is like, "Okay, you guys, we really hate the Queen, and da <laughs> da 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 da, and who's with me on this?" and nobody. And dead yeah, that was that hilarious. Was, it's dead That, that was, was brilliant.
2: Funny. That was
1: brilliant. And she
2: was just like, "Um, okay, where is everybody?" And it was just like, and "I'm Regina really really
1: Power. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So, you
3: know, I so, I love that scene. I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. Like. There was Wasn't actually, and me? I thought it touched on something with, with Snow's storyline, too, which actually ties into what you were talking about, Barbara. Because um, it seems to me like for the three of them, for the Charming family in particular, since they're like, they really need the healing the most out of the whole group. Those are the yeah. three people who need, you know what I mean? They need the most help. Like, Snow White, it seems to me, like, the line that struck me most out of, out of the whole flashback um, to the to the past was that, when Regina said to Snow White that she was a princess, that she would never be a queen. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was was so, so I thought that was so, like, I thought it was such an interesting line because really so many people think of Snow White as just being the princess because of, you know, like for one reason or another. (laughs) And it's never, and even on the show so far, we've only seen kind of, you know, the princess when she was, you know, living in the palace with Regina. And then when she was bandit Snow running around, like both when she was with Red and was kind of, you know, fresh to right. the forest, so to speak, and didn't have any idea what was going on. And then later on, when she's, you know, like, you know, shooting arrows and, you know, saving Regina from the townspeople in that episode, The Evil Queen, and that kind of a thing. Like, mm-hmm. we haven't really seen... The only parts that we've ever seen of Snow White as a ruler was in um, the cricket game when they were going to execute right. Regina. And you know, right. all that we saw, really, was that, you know, that that she forgave her and then the magic and that was it. But we haven't really seen the transition of the two things. We haven't seen Snow White go from the girl and, you know, the woman in Lady of the Lake who's marrying Charming and, you know, who still has the bow and arrow to the queen, ruler of the palace, grabbing the sword at the wedding. Like there hasn't been right. the transition of And we're of seeing that, that now. And, and that's a great yeah, we're seeing to see. Yeah, because, like it, it it, like, it makes me think that, and especially with Emma, her whole thing, you guys know what a huge Emma fan I am. It was, yeah. I thought the scene between her and Snow when they were sitting on the log was just, I mean. It the, was perfect. Jennifer, Jennifer Morrison, I'm sorry, she knocked it out of the park with that. Like, I've never, really did. like, she really put so much, I mean, it. Was, she nailed it. And then
2: she to explain job. that
3: to Snow, like, it was just amazing. But what was interesting is as Snow is finding herself, like, I think that the three of them, the Charmings, are on different levels of figuring out who they are. Because and, yeah. and it kind of relates to season two because like Snow White, like kinda of what we were talking about, she's already been there, right? Like she's already kind of had to figure out who she is as being bold, right? And now Emma right. is trying to figure out who is. and now she has to figure out how to be a mother. So that's the new, you know, thing too. Right. And then Emma's right. trying to figure out who she is too. But Charming has never really so far, he's always been the strong one who's always you know, he's always had faith and everything like that. We've never seen him really grapple with being both because right. immediately after the curse broke, he was right back into charming mode. Right, and yeah. I think that, that there were a couple things like when when Regina kept saying to Snow White, "You know, you're going to marry that." Like she was just kind of when yeah. I mean, she had when she was using magic on charming. <laughs> There were just a couple of hints, like, and she kept calling him the shepherd. That was the thing. Yeah, which he's never really had to deal with being both or any of that. And I think that that's going to be a huge part of Charming's storyline, especially with the way that the episode ended. I think Mm -hmm. that that's going to come into play. Like, he's finally going to have to face the fact where faith might not be enough. And there's going, I mean... What like everything that he believes in may not be enough and it's gonna have to be something else to say him. Right. Like, so so I we, have I have a
1: couple I I have a couple places I wanna go with this because we only have thirteen more minutes on the air, which no, is like insane. Well, you know what uh, like we have so many people talking at once, it's like, Oh my god There's five of us. Um so okay. So um Becky said, and I wanted—I forgot—I wanted to talk about this. Wouldn't it be cool to bring Camelot and King Arthur into the storyline? Maybe yes. the Mage Merlin. Now, this is what I want to ask. I love that. Because I don't—I love that. Okay, I love yeah. that Emma. I mean that Emma that Snow pulled the sword out of the stone. Now, no, Charming <laughs> went. Charming went to Rumpel, and I love the scenes between Charming and Rumpel always.
3: They were great. They're, they're, it yeah, was a they did an entire scene. episode together. They just yes, need to go on a it. like. They need to go on a fishing trip or a camping trip. They just <laughs> need to be stuck somewhere together. I love that. Like we just truly. need to have a day in the life like that. Can we just have that, please? Like, can please. Have, somebody, i to do know, an ball outtake, balling outtake balling for out. it for something. Put it, it on the season three. It could be
2: it could be Henry. Uh, his his got two grandfathers, right? Yeah. yeah.
3: Yes, exactly. Like I like the whole bonding baby. thing. Let's go. And and
2: that would be awesome. Yeah.
1: Um okay so so but this is the thing okay so by the way i thought that um they really emphasized more so than they did at any other time of that time period in rumple's life how um old he was you know that's like yeah. really late in the rumpledum and mm-hmm. really they they really emphasized that sort of um elder elderliness about him i thought um, even with his hair, they made it not—they made it grayer, um, mm-hmm. which I've never seen his hair as being gray before. As Rumple, um, even though he has that, you know, his gold has got that sort of like wispy of little wispies of of gray in his hair, but as Rumple, mm-hmm. never. Um, but I did see that on my big high def TV <laughs> last night. <laughs> um, but okay, so here's the thing: so he goes to Rumple, and Rumple says. Nothing we think. So where did Charming get the idea about putting the sword in the stone? Was that Rumple? Rumple's denying any of all of it, but Rumple has a vested interest in having Snow become the queen. So was he involved more in this than meets the eye? Do you think?
2: Well, I thought he or was all Charming that he could have told them. Mm-hmm. I thought Rumple off screen told Charming about, about A story story the story, maybe.
1: Yeah, but I think so. He, but he
2: couldn't do anything about it, obviously, because it's obviously in Camelot. But then Charming got the idea up from that story to do what yeah. he can do and create, air quotes on my end, create Excalibur right. as to use as opposed to a placebo for Snow, basically. Right, because
1: because it seemed like Rumple actually knew exactly what happened. Yeah. Well, and I yeah, and,
2: Kaya, oh. but I also think it was very interesting that he took her mother's necklace from her, and I think that's yeah. going to have to play a part somewhere down the line. I think that's oh. that oh. that oh. part of Snow
3: mm-hmm. figuring out who she is, though, because, like, yeah. that, you know, her clean, like, because remember when Emma said, you know, that she, or, no, Snow White said it, actually, that she was just a little girl who, was, who his parents died and she ran off into the woods, right? Right. Like, yeah. I think that that's part of it. Like Rumple taking the necklace is kind of like saying, like Snow, like you need to, you like take the reigns, basically.
2: You, you need, yeah, to- yeah,
3: like like it's time to it's time to let your mother go because you have to become the queen. Like it's and time it's to great. let it go. Like, I'm taking I'm taking this from yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, like that's okay. what I, thought. I, I like, love, that. love. That's that. how I interpreted so- it.
2: So but okay, I do think so, that there's something with that because he doesn't do every. He, even though, yeah, that could be the main, maybe the main. There's he never does anything without a real. Um, uh,
1: there's a reason. Another a reason. Yeah, that's interesting yeah. because that necklace could be the snow. with the doll is. Oh, to rumple. The rumple, oh, Yeah, you know what I mean. That's like letting go of the stuff from your parents. Right. Yeah.
2: Nope, you're right. Interesting. I
1: I really you know that that letting go and when is it the time. To let it go, to let and go. for Rumple, right. for Rumpel, he has not passed the test yet. No. In order to let it go,
3: Snow passed the test.
2: Right,
1: right, and Rumpel it? has not. And that's, not dad, and that's why the
3: doll. Yet. Yeah, and that's why the doll kept coming back. Right now, right. somebody yeah. suggested
1: okay. that it's it's Pan trying to drive rumple crazy and freak him no, out I now if anybody don't. could freak if anybody could freak out rumple and he looked really yeah. freak when that doll dropped dropped over his head <laughs> yeah. and, on then he,
2: and then when he burned it and it still came in that was just like he was like he no. was
1: seriously freaked out <laughs> he, he really was is. seriously freaked out <laughs> so you know we'll see what happens with that but but that's that's an avatar that has to that he has to get to a point where he can let go of that, let go of that pain. See, you've got all these orphans, right? You've got Snow, which, who was essentially orphaned. You have Rumple, who was essentially orphaned. You have Emma, who was essentially orphaned by abandonment. Abandonment, right. is, like the big theme here. And how do you, break Barbara? That you
2: bring psych- up a good point. with um. I'm sorry for um, interrupting. But no, no, go you ahead. You brought up a good point because I thought of this earlier. So, in the beginning, when Emma is, wake, is wakes up because she hears the cries from the kids that were captured, let's say, I don't want to refer to them as the Lost Boys because that's Pam's crew. Yeah. No. The kids that were captured, like, she yeah. could hear them. And Pam made it sound like that if you were. And after the end of the episode, if you were abandoned, you could hear those voices. So would Hook and Rumple be oh, able to hear right. those
1: voices? Because yes, they well you could hear them. No, yeah. remember, remember but that Rumple hears something. He hears something, and yes, Bell, you know, Bell appears, but he's got. There are other sounds that are going on there, and I think and he can he, hear them. But would they hear they the know. cries
2: of the lost of
1: the kids that
2: were captured? Because that's what. To me, that's what Pan made it sound like that if you could, that if you were abandoned the way that Emma or um, or uh, Hook or Rumble were, then can you hear those cries? Because that's to me what it made it sound like because Charming couldn't wake up,
1: and that. why did Charming and Snow not were not able to hear them? And that was actually exactly. stated, and I think and that's that was- true. I think. I think that Rumpel can hear those voices because he was a band. Oh, man. my gosh.
3: I jo- oh, wow. I just, I wonder. Hmm. What? I wonder. Hmm. What? Like what, what? If it's what? because, what? oh. I was almost going to say, like, I don't know if it would necessarily apply, but, like, I wonder if it's because, like, because I don't know if it even applies to Pan. Isn't there something in the Peter Pan story where the mother, like, something about mothers, right? Wendy is always talking about how having a mother is so important, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. what if, oh. what if what if Snow and Charming can't hear the voices because when they were growing up they had their mother's love? Like maybe Rumpel oh, doesn't right. hear it because he did or, or well if his mother died then maybe no, not. No, no. I don't know. It's it was just Rumpel. a thought. I don't know. It was whoa, a quick whoa, whoa, whoa. thought. No, 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 I don't know. No.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Rumpel what? was raised uh Rumpel was raised by his spinster aunts. Yes.
3: Rumpel did not right, have so what happened to his mom? Well I wonder what happened to her. Ooh, I don't and know.
2: But remember when Wendy was there? Remember she? They loved her. The last Boys just kind of crowded right. around because she was sort of like their mother. I mean, that's their whole thing. And so the It'd be interesting, like if if that's what they're going to do with Emma. I mean, and I also thought it was really interesting when Pan is, Pan said, "Hey, you know, by the time you get to Henry, he's not going to want you anymore. He's, he's he hasn't dealt
1: with this stuff either." Right. That's and this, gonna is, be this, is my thing. this is this is my thing. This is this is my thing. That I um and I see Pan I see this as um an allegory of mm-hmm. um cults. So mm-hmm. I see Pan as a cult leader, sort of a Jim yeah, Jones totally. sort of cult leader. And yeah. you know, I'm gonna take your children because you have ignored them and neglected them and I'm gonna give them a home that's loving and Oh fun. my gosh, it's lost all over again. Yeah, well, okay, well, you know, be that as it may, (laughs) (laughs) it's the master, um, if if you've seen the movie The Master, Um, and they are never going to want to leave, and, you know, by the time you find him, I'm going to have, I'm going to have brainwashed him to the point where, now, my question is, how did Rumpel escape? He's a lost boy, right? He was abandoned there. Yes, he is right how did he escape right i don't
2: know that's a good i don't know cost...
1: that he got to neverland
2: what did it cost him right
1: what did it cost him to get out of neverland what how did... did he just neverland he was this is before he was the dark one obviously so what is it him? you know how, how what is he going to confront you know we've kinda. said you know he's got to confront his his abandonment by his father his orphanness mm-hmm he's got to confront his own um as they say in Yiddish mishigas <laughs> is that a great word his own like craziness about you know his dark side but what if he also has to confront whatever it was in neverland that he had to overcome in order to get
3: out of there i think it's the doll yeah I think the, well, the doll, I think the price the doll, he had to pay. To, I think I wonder. I wonder if the price that he had to pay was leaving the doll. Hmm. And it was the and last thing like, that
1: his, his the last thing his father gave him.
3: Exactly. So, like, if he was like, "Okay, you can leave Neverland, but you have to leave that toy with me."
1: You have to leave behind then, everything that anything you have ever loved, because that that represents something that didn't love you. I don't know.
3: Uh, that's, that's interesting. I don't know. Like it's I don't know. It's more like because it's so important to him, like, okay, like if you want to knee if you want to leave Neverland, then you can never have your doll again. Yeah. I don't like, know.
1: I don't know. It
3: was just a thought. It was just a thought. It's
1: an interesting thought. It's an interesting thought. Um why would Rumpel not be able to survive if he confronts Pan? Um that I think plays into his having less um that his his having left uh neverland you know that that all plays into it, and Angela is not convinced that Rumpel was in Neverland before he was the dark one. I don't think he was in Rump- i don't think he was in Neverland when he was the dark one i don't i i think it- before he was the Dark One. No, I because,
2: think that was before. I think didn't he get out when he was when he was a boy? He, he got out when he was a boy because it was the last thing his boy, father gave yeah.
1: him in Neverland. No, I definitely think it was before he was the Dark One. He was certainly exposed to magic. Felix calls him the Dark One because maybe everybody knows he's the Dark One,
2: right? Or maybe he but came I...
1: back as the Dark One once before. Looking well, for Balefire, my, but Balefire was already gone.
2: Exactly. That's yeah. what my thought is. As far as Maybe that he goes. figured
1: out that Balefire was, was there. Um, but right. as the Darkman one, why wouldn't he be able to wipe them all out? See, that's the question. What, is the, what question, is the power right? that Pan has over Rumple? And I think therein lies the key. I think therein lies the key to saving Henry.
2: And that's why he probably had the, the dagger hidden. Okay, we're so we're out, we're
1: almost, we are almost out of time. No. And I do want to remind people that next week we're going to have Jane Espenson on. And during the show, I've been going back and forth with ABC. I'm trying to get an interview with David Goodman to talk about episode four, which is Nasty Habits. And it looks like hopefully we'll make that work as well. So I want <laughs> you guys to let you all know, which will be lots of fun. So I want to Yay. thank the panel. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And You're welcome. um thank
2: you. We will, we will
1: see you guys next week. So be sure to tell all your friends to tune in. When my guest will be Jane Espenson.
2: Yay. Bye everyone. Bye. bye. Thank you everyone. Bye. Bye bye. Bye. Bye, Jenny. Bye bye. 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 bye.
1: Adios. Adios.